0: Welcome to the Modern Therapist Guide to Nothing.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Therapist Guide to Nothing, where in each episode, we take a topic, theme, or thing, overanalyze it, and make it all make sense in the scheme of life, living, and mental health. My name is Dave, and I am joined here with my co-host, Greg, aka
0: Gregory Hines. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> on the fly. Okay. Uh, I, you still uh, that Greg Gumble. I thought was coming. But oh, yeah, come on.
1: You stole next week. That's not fair. Give that back.
0: <laughs> so I just want to make it a little bit harder for you. Dave, today we've got uh, an episode that is, I mean, you're not going to really understand why until, or maybe you have because I've talked about it in the past, but this is this is a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Yes, not it because, is. Not, the, not just because, you know, I know skinwalkers are so hot right now, and that's the subject. <laughs> but for but for me, you know, when I was young, and I think I, I must have told you this, I probably have even said it on the cast, but when I was young, instead of, like, making friends, I, I was in the woods, like, trying to figure out ways to communicate with squirrels. Like, I, I had this idea in my head that I w- one day would be this, like, Native American, like, medicine man. I swear this is true. Yeah. And and even in class, in school, I would have these daydreams of where like a, a bear would walk into the to the class and I would befriend the bear and save the day, and everyone would be like, wow, this guy's fantastic. And they would just like, you know, admire me because of my ability to to speak with animals and my my Native American wisdom. But here I am today and I never achieved those goals. But this this wow. gives me great pleasure to be able to start talking about this these types of, of subjects and what i know a delightful
1: you've done- backstory that was greg and thank you for sharing that that actually just warmed my heart and got me so ready for to take on the skinwalker challenge and <laughs> skinwalker challenge. I, I, honestly though the ironic thing is like it's like our role reversal because lately I've been super into uh learning and just like things about Native Americans, like that portrait behind you of a Native American that nobody else can mm. see, but I can mm-hmm. see um you know I found that, and I was like, oh, this is glorious, and I wear a lot of like <laughs> Indian tribal like patterns and stuff like that because I just find it awesome. um so I feel like we've actually like switched roles here
0: I'm baby or maybe around. you maybe you've just caught up, oh, you're there. <laughs> <laughs> mind blowing. <laughs> all right.
1: Well, wow. so Dave, what all
0: start? right, so we so we decided we've made it clear that we're going to be um talking about Native American culture, but most specifically Skinwalkers. So do you want to start us off with this?
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> wow. So this this topic is one that like I didn't realize I was going to find to be so um Stressful, as I did, because it's it's something that, you know, you're not going to be able to just get um, a Native American person to discuss with you, because if, you know, especially somebody who this is a big part of their culture, because to them, it's like, I don't need to tell people about this. Um, we don't need to talk about it to people that are outside. So our way of talking about it, I want to get everything right here as much as possible, at least. All right. So. Skinwalkers essentially translates with the Navajo translation of with it goes on all fours. So a skinwalker, it's not supernatural, but it's um, this creature. And what its origin is actually through what you had mentioned earlier about which did you say the word witch doctor or did you say a medicine man?
0: I said, I said medicine men and I think that's what the Navajo use. Right. Yes. yes. So I was, I was more of a witch doctor when I was a a child, but (laughs) I think they use the words medicine man. Yeah. Right. So, you
1: know, and at that time, you know, thinking of, uh, medicine men or even like witch doctors, like that was a part of their, their culture. Right. So that was something that would be used for things like healing, um, but essentially, there was like good and bad. There was magic mm-hmm. used for for good, for medicine, but also magic for evil. And that's where the Skinwalkers uh, legend becomes born, is when they started to dabble with evil. And I'll give a little bit of that backstory in a little bit. But Greg, let me ask you, when we first discussed the idea of Skinwalkers, did you have any idea kind of what it was, what it had to do with, anything of that of that sort?
0: I So I just knew that there was an element of shape-shifting. I didn't know that it was this perversion of something that they revere in the culture, like a medicine man. So a medicine man would be like all things, like would be the equivalent of, you know, like a doctor or a teacher, like lots of these like revered positions. And a skinwalker is what I find now is is like the antithesis of that. It's like the opposite of that. And yes. um. I try to figure out like what like what was you know what that was reminding me of. And it reminds me of the the seven deadly sins. Remember when we talked about the sins of fraud, like the the ones where cause to, the imposter to one, yeah. Right, right. To me, the shape shifting represents, you know, this this person who's a medicine man in our culture, this person that's a priest, this person that's a cop, this person that's a teacher, the shape shifting represents that. You know, just because something looks like it, it's going to be good and it's going to be helping you, they could be dangerous too. And right. what makes what makes the skinwalker so evil in the culture is that they're the perversion of that good thing. They're that good thing that everyone's supposed to trust and everyone's supposed to look up to, but they're actually evil. And it's and it's something really um, scary, s- insidious about that, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. You know, and as you're saying, it's kind of this uh, imposter. So in in shape, it's it's typically animalistic. So it could look like a coyote, a wolf, a bear, a fox. It's something uh, it typically, like I said, it, you know, something that would walk on all fours. But it's going to be like, you know, almost human size, if not larger. And they, you know, they describe it as having glowing red eyes and just being just this deadly creature. It can only be killed according to, you know, that the history of this, it can only be killed with a bullet or a knife dipped in white ash. Oh, yeah. That about? You know, it's interesting though. Cause that must be where we, I wonder where I shouldn't say that must be. Cause I don't know the actual answer to this. You know how we have like werewolves that can mm. only be killed with silver bullets um, and that kind of lore. I wonder where these uh stories some at some point kind of connected to each other if one yeah i wonder if like
0: white ash represents something in the culture we'd have to look into that a little bit but like the more the more we're thinking about that i actually it is sort of really interesting that you know it's these people that in these positions like a medicine man like if if a medicine man can heal you that's the idea of him then he's someone that can make you sick too right yeah, I think that's that's something that's that's interesting about well, that.
1: When we talk about the skinwalkers, and we're talking about uh, these medicine men using magic for evil, we are talking about typically them using their magic to uh, inflict harm on a victim.
0: Yeah. So, Greg, yeah.
1: one thing I think that you're going to find interesting. So I've read a few different statements about how someone becomes a skinwalker and where it originated. One thing that I read was in order for someone to become a skinwalker, he or she must be initiated by a secret society that requires the evilest of deeds. Um, So this could include something like killing a close family member, maybe a sibling or something like that. And then after that task is completed, the individual acquires the supernatural powers, which gives them the ability to shape, uh, shift into animals. I've also heard other tellings that a man, woman, or child can become a skinwalker should they commit any kind of deep-seated taboo. So this could be absolutely like anything that their society considers to be taboo. And I want to say society because I'm sure you know their society at this time is probably differs from like modern day society or outside of the Native American cultural society norms.
0: Yeah, like it seems like even when we talk about all different cultures and these ideas of of, of that we've dug into a little bit, we, we need a boogeyman. It's I guess it's always been there, like to explain the horrors of human behavior. Sometimes, yeah, it, like we have to. We kind of we feel like it can't be one of us that committed that crime, like because that would mean that I'm capable of doing it, or my neighbor is mm-hmm. capable of doing it, or we, we need a scapegoat. Like I can picture like people sitting around a fire and telling you stories and, and, you know, it's better to feel, it's better to be afraid of some sort of outside entity than to start to understand that we need to be fearing ourselves. It's, it's scary. That's what we, we see this over and over again. We saw this, the seven deadly sins. We saw it with hoodoo. It's, we see it over and over again in culture that we try to make excuses for us as humans and blame it on outside entities.
1: I love the spin that you're taking on this because this is where this story gets interesting. There's so many different ways to look at it. There's all different stories about the skinwalkers that I've that I've seen. Even what you said, like everybody needs a boogeyman, you know, the there's this variation of the skinwalker within the Pueblo people, the Apache people, the um Hopi people, um, and then the Navajo. So I mean, it's like it's like they each have their own version. And you're right. It's like this, this represents something in their society. And this is like a definitive type of individual you do. You're supposed to fear and you're not supposed to emulate. Right.
0: Yeah. Did you hear that? You're not supposed to talk about it either. Like, I yes. know that they don't want to talk about it with other cultures or outside of the culture, but even within their community, there you're not supposed to talk about skinwalkers. It, what do you it's think that like
1: that thing in Harry Potter, right? That,
0: and I, I forget what the, is that a terrible reference? Cause we're both not really, Harry for me, Potter if it's not um, Ron Weasley, then I don't know, but <laughs> now we're, we're going to take some heat for that because I, I think we should be, we should be caught up on Harry we
1: Potter. We probably guys. should be more uh, up on our Harry Potter, but yeah. I will say I also was reading an article. And so aside from like that, there's like the, the person they don't speak of um, is it Voldemort? Is that who you don't speak of? I, it might be, I
0: don't know. Oh, maybe you're thinking of the movie, the village. And no, like, I, <laughs> like I know what you're talking about there. Them. I'm not yeah, talking about my shameline here. Um, <laughs>
1: but I guess in I guess Harry Potter has some characters that are actually um kind of are riffs of a skinwalker, and that started to cause some interest from people to know more about him. And that actually has caused the Native American population that you know that hold on to this uh skinwalker uh legend and then you know to Kind of be like, you know, what do you're opening up a can of worms here? Now we got people are asking us about this, and there's no reason for us to be talking about
0: this. So it's a really interesting effect that it's actually had. It 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 is, and I wonder if it's purposeful because if you talk about something, you you like like we do with like intrusive thoughts or like you know depression. If you talk about something, it takes some of the power away from it. But if you leave it in your head and let it manifest inside of there, it can become all kinds of different things. And you know, you're wrestling around with it in your own head gives the fear a place to grow and you don't have anyone to like bounce it off of and kind of make make you feel if you know if I share something that I'm afraid of with you and we talk it out it becomes less fearful but if I'm not allowed to share that it stays inside and, and it just it grows and grows
1: it, and you know the reason for it not being something to talk about when you know back in 1870s might be totally different than the reason we don't we shouldn't talk about it today or we might not even really know why it wasn't something to talk about we just know that that's something we weren't supposed to do so it's interesting also to kind of think how traditions sometimes continue even though we don't really know the purpose of why that was in the first place which i think is what we intend to do a lot of times when we're digging up conver- like topics and thinking about it like why is that thing why does that thing exist and how does it make sense today in our society right
0: Right, or or it could be like this this control thing or this teaching tool for kids too, as as a lot of these stories can be, where it's like, if you see something that's off, don't tell anyone, (laughs) just let it go. Just keep it inside and repress it and ignore it because you know, maybe that's in a way to accept the differences of people or maybe that's a way to repress the differences in people. I don't know, it depends on how you look at it, I guess. It's very interesting though. So you've named... um, I, I mean, uh, a lot of different variations, but I have yeah. one that I could mention. Um, well, I don't know. Let me you,
1: let me go ahead. before we um, do that, Greg, because I, I know you had um, a few different ones that you wanted to name, and I had to, I found a couple that i had never heard of before. I want to mention too. I do want to just give a little bit more backstory about the Navajo's version of the Skinwalker, because I find this story absolutely fascinating.
0: Lisa, do yeah. All
1: right. And I know you love a story, Greg. So here's my chance That's to kind of settling in right now. <laughs> finally, tell a story, yeah? Because um, I'm not a man of stories. So when I get excited about one, it's got to be hopefully okay. <laughs> All right. So um, we're talking about 1870s here. Uh, there was something called in 1878. There was actually something called the Navajo Witch Purge, which I had never heard of, and it's very interesting. Um, but it basically, it started after a series of wars with the U.S. Army the Navajos were expelled from their land and forced to uh, to march uh, to the Bosque Redondo in New Mexico is and what was known as the Long Walk of the Navajo in 1864. So a little backstory to the 1878 witch purge. Um, while there, the people suffered from bad water, failed crops, illness, and death, reducing their numbers drastically, so they were dying off. Um, they were also... Uh, moved, which is, you know, as we've talked about in previous episodes, that's very traumatic for people to just suddenly be like removed from their, their homeland, their land where, you know, they've been established for, for a long period of time. Uh, during these years, many of the tribe's members were said to have turned to, shape, uh, to shape-shifting to escape the terrible conditions. In the meantime, the rest of the tribe were convinced that their their gods had deserted them. So when we talk about People that were shape shifting, I I believe they're referring to the medicine men that started to delve into the evil magic that we had referred to uh previously. And, you know, I apologize if that's not the correct terminology. It's just kind of how I'm referring
0: to it to explain this uh skinwalker phenomenon. So it's it's like when times get tough, like sometimes you have to do evil things. And that's true. That yes. was true then is true now. That makes yes. sense. So, Greg,
1: I mentioned this to you off air, and I've said it a few times as we've been talking about skinwalkers, like in just, you know, when we decided we were going to do this episode. This reminds me of hoodoo, because when we discussed hoodoo in in the episode um, weeks ago, it was African-Americans who were, you know, moved. They were under terrible conditions. And hoodoo was giving them a sense of protection. It was giving them a sense of um, ability to connect back to things that they, you know, they held onto at one point in time, uh, a little familiarity, but also a little bit of like, you know, I hate to use such a strong word, but a little bit of vengeance on their situation. Right. So this skinwalkers thing to me represents that exact thing. It's like they're shape-shifting into these, like these creatures that are going to be able to protect them. And, you know, they're hanging on to their, the kind of uh, magic and, you know, the, the things that they've known from their past, like things that are important in their culture. And they're create trying to create this way to protect their people. Um, what they didn't realize is while they're becoming the skinwalker creatures, the rest of their society is actually fearing for them scared of them and it sounds like they are also feeling like now they're not protected so in a way the skinwalker almost represents um, a little bit of greed as well right
0: well yeah and it's like as you're saying I'm thinking that anytime you remove people from civilization or from society they need to revert back to animal instinct for survival and when you force people into these positions, you get what you get you know yeah and 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 sometimes that makes people who are other, otherwise so maybe civilization, maybe being like maybe that only has to do with circumstance and environment. And once you're taken out of that environment, we always, you know, as if society has a crumbling moment or if we you know, war, whatever it is, we always revert back to animal animal instincts. Sure. Which is intense.
1: Yeah. Interesting fact, after four years, the government admitted that they made a mistake by moving the Navajo people. And then they allowed them to go back to their homeland, their conditions improved, but the, the dreaded skinwalkers were still kind of uh, among them, which then caused accusations of witchcraft and hunting for skinwalkers, um, which then turned into that, uh, uh, what did I say? The Navajo Witch Purge of, eight, uh, of 1878, um, during which time 40 Navajo uh, individuals were suspected of being witches and killed. It's a lot. That is a
0: lot. Yeah, that is a lot.
1: They they did this in order to regain, restore harmony and balance for the tribe, which if you think about it from that frame of mind, that makes sense how this legend of the skinwalker then became this thing that like, you don't dabble in evil because this is what will happen if you do. You will ruin our society. You will ruin our tribe. will fall apart. And you will be... A witch, basically, and yeah. you know, will treat you as such.
0: Now, it's so when you wish. live
1: in a society that is like all about family, it's all about being part of a tribe. That would make sense why you would fear becoming this thing that would alienate you from your tribe or destroy your tribe.
0: Yeah, and so other tribes have similar things, and I, I don't know if if I got to talk about. I've been dying to talk about the Wendigo. Yeah,
1: you but, know. Yeah, this... please, Greg. I know we've we discussed the Wendigo the other day because. We both are fans of Pet Cemetery and they definitely make mention to it in, in the book and in the, one of the movies. I can't remember which one they do as well.
0: Dave, you won't be asking when to go if you see one of these things. Oh, <laughs> That's, that could be an edit, we'll see. Um But the, when to go? So the reason I'm not going to go too deep into the lore of Wendigo because I think it, it merits its own episode too. But Greg, I, I would appreciate it if you did go too deep, please. Okay, then I will. I'll go way too far. Wait, there's the 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 idea. Is it's 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 essentially like a, an, em, an emaciated monster with antlers who kind of represents the you know a, a bad winter. So that's that's basically that's just the most baseline version of it. But what me what I what drew me in was the idea that there can be this Wendigo psychosis, which is an actual diagnosis, um, and the psychosis is. It becomes this intense fear. If a person has Wendigo psychosis, they have an intense fear or an intense craving for human flesh. An intense fear that they're going to become a cannibal.
1: Yeah.
0: So it, this is this is something that's that's really interesting. And um, before I talk about my thoughts on that, I wanted to, I had a little account too. There was in like in mid 1600s, there was a Jesuit missionary, and he wrote of a local malady striking local people, which affects their imaginations and causes them more than canine hunger, was his quote. It makes them so ravenous for human flesh that they they pounce upon women, men, and children. Now there's this guy who's most associated with this phenomenon and his name was Swift Runner. And he was a Cree Indian who worked as a trapper in Canada. And in 1878, he horrified his community by slaughtering and eating his own wife and children. He later claimed he'd been overcome by the spirit of a Wendigo. So, I mean, that could just be him saying, I mean, how many times have we heard the, the devil made me do it? It's the Wendigo made me do it. But um, I think the, the intrusive thoughts come, come into play here. So this, this thing happened. This was a, a man who, you know, for whatever reason, murdered his family and said the Wendigo, that was, that was blamed it on that. But then that, that causes this huge psychosis within the community and everyone has these intrusive thoughts. They 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 value their their family and they value their culture so much that they're afraid that they're gonna they're gonna hurt. It. They're gonna eat their family. They're gonna do the exact opposite of it. And to me, that just seems like a bunch of people who had some strong like OCD. Yeah. Right. It's it, those are intrusive thoughts that aren't are not real. That's they were fearing it so much. If if you wanted to eat your family and kill, you know men women and children eat them then the thought of it wouldn't scare you it's the thought of it scaring you that highlights the idea that you value these things because that was the only case where someone was actually murdered and we see that all the time right people were just afraid of it happening to them and it's it's it was so um popular in the community that it became something called a culture-bound syndrome have you ever heard of those things
1: um Yes. Well, I know that there was some
0: wasn't there some in the back of the DSM that yes, so I've got those. Well, and one that's not in the back of the DSM is sons, the one that we've covered. I I, I don't know if that's necessarily classified as a culture bound syndrome. But it certainly seems like the sudden unexplained death, if of all those Cambodian people would 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 qualify as that wouldn't it? But do you want me to just give you a few of them? because these are just culture-bound. So a susto is a cultural illness primarily among Latin American cultures. It is described as a condition of being frightened and chronic somatic suffering stemming from emotional trauma, from witnessing traumatic experiences. I mean, that seems like, here's, here's one. So a czar, this is a good one, is the term for a demon or spirit assumed to possess individuals, mostly women, and to cause discomfort or illness. This condition is found in the cultures of the Horn of Africa and you know areas around there. But th- this there's all kinds of. It would make sense that like the the intricacies and the idiosyncrasies of a culture would lead to certain well you know what's important to their to their culture. It leads to certain yeah. you know chronic bound uh, culture bound syndromes. It's 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 inter- it's interesting.
1: Yeah. So when you um, brought up Wendigo as being one of the, like the comparable entities to the Skinwalker, I also found a couple I had never heard of, and I don't want to like go into detail because maybe these are future episodes. Mm-hmm. But there's the Cannibal Dwarfs of the Great Plains, and the Queen of Death Valley. So again, these are all regional, um, and but everybody, every like region, all each region seems to have their, their own entity. That represents something for them, right? and it yeah, seems like 100%. it's probably something that was it probably represents something that was coming up for that tribe or that um, for that region of people.
0: It always seems like that they have the, the the there's the values in the culture and what m- makes the culture thrive, and whatever monster or entity that's plaguing the culture is like the antithesis of that. So their, their, their monster is always what something that's going to break down what they have, break down their values, break down their family. And that, that represents a monster because it does happen and it doesn't have to be a monster. It's, it's usually just a a person, but they need to, we, again, like I said, we we do need that boogeyman. We need to blame it on something. So, because we don't want to believe that we're responsible for it.
1: I mean, if we look at like the other comparison, like in religion, there's obviously always a boogeyman. There's Satan. Yeah, the devil. Uh, (laughs) Oh, same thing. Yeah, same guy.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) but I mean, like it it exists almost everywhere because that represents the thing that you you don't want to be. You don't want to emulate. You want to avoid those behaviors. You want to. It gives you it. It can be to instill fear, but it's also to kind of set societal rules. Like we don't do this. Absolutely.
0: So should we dip into pop culture?
1: Sure, I mean, Skinwalker Ranch on Netflix is on Netflix. It's on a few other stations. I know it. Would it originate on like History or Travel Channel? I don't know. Or Discovery. I never saw an episode. Okay, I've only seen one, so terrible. Uh, again, not great references for us. But I did look into it a little bit because I knew we'd be talking about it. And it looks. Like, it sounds like, from what I understand, this is you no know, Skinwalker Ranch is in Utah. I did not know that. Uh, But it it started with a family called the Shermans. They had an encounter with a large wolf that was about three times the size of a normal wolf. It had glowing red eyes and was unfazed by three close range shots. Guess what, Greg? They didn't dip those bullets in white ash. That was your first mistake, right? Jeez, what are you thinking? That's why knowledge is power. Gotta be shooting those dusty bullets. (laughs) (laughs) several uh so since that family uh left the ranch uh several other families who lived there also had similar encounters and now we know it as skinwalker ranch and i guess the show involves them kind of monitoring and looking for all these different types of encounters and from what i've seen the previews looks like there's alien encounters uh skinwalker encounters all sorts of stuff
0: you know i don't know what it is and i'm not trying to be a nerd here um it's the it's like a star wars thing it's so the skinwalkers are so i'm not a star wars guy so i'm I, i'm I'm not but i can i know enough not to get this wrong so the navajo people are like the jedis that's how they see themselves they're sort of like a mystical people and they they you know they're they're very their values are very high they're they're proud people and then you know the Jedi's are the people with like the powers, right? So like the medicine men. And then the who are the bad guys? The Darth guys? Not the Darth Guys. <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> this the Sith people, right? So those are the bad guys. Those are the guys with like the red swords. And they 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 are the ones, they're the perversion of that the force. You know, they have their own force, but it's different. But do you see how I can make that connection? It's like the, I've the,
1: I've never seen Star
0: Wars. I Are you serious? Never... Never seen one. star Wars. we need to turn on a TV. I mean, we what are we? We're, we're referencing pop culture. Neither of us have ever seen it. So, Skinwalker Ranch, maybe a show we should have popped on before trying this episode. <laughs> Sorry so about all what that. Yeah, so I mean, you
1: literally that. could have told me anything, and I would have been like, "Wow, that sounds like that definitely yeah. is true." What a connection!
0: Barth um, oh, Vader, yeah, who right. sounds awesome. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Should we try it? So so maybe we should do what we know. Should we try to connect this damn thing to, to mental health at some point? I mean, I'll let you do that.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's move on from the pop culture references that we don't even get ourselves. (laughs) So, all right. So where do we go from here? Uh, I think we both kind of presented these ideas and I, I think in many ways, both of them are true. I think that skinwalkers represent um, fear in society like what fear can bring us to like those extremes that we can be brought to and i think part of the lesson here with skinwalkers if i think about it from that lens is don't let your fear cause you to um act out against your tribe or against your people but also don't let it take you to places that you won't be able to come back from and if you believe in evil. And if you believe in like bad spirits, then this is something you would not want to dabble in because I don't want to be an evil spirit. I don't want to be excommunicated from my, from my society. And I don't, yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to be using my power for good, not for bad. And it kind of is like a lesson in this is what happens when you dabble in, you know, the evil magic.
0: It's like we've like before that we've talked about the usefulness of religion. Not to say that, not to advocate for any specific religion, but it does. And in this case too, it like you're like, as you're describing that, I'm thinking, you know, trying not to be a skinwalker and trying to avoid skinwalkers kind of keeps you on the path to the right, the way that the the culture needs you to behave to keep the culture thriving. It keeps you in a lane. It keeps Absolutely. you in your lane. And it's like, it reminds me of like, when you, when you go, maybe when, when you go bowling, when you're little and they put up those bumping bumper things yeah. and, you know, not wanting to be a skinwalker, not wanting to go to hell, not doing all these things are the bumper rails that keep you sort of in line and keep society moving along. And whether that it's like religion laws, whatever it is, it's been useful obviously since the beginning.
1: I mean, um, it's, it's a variation of the seven deadly sins, the 10 yep. commandments, like I said, the voodoo. Um, it's, it is a variation. It's like as much as we think we're taking on these really different topics, they all connect in the same scheme where it helps us start to navigate as a society. We start to right. make rules for the society, but we also get to establish a little sense of control to keep people within their
0: lanes to become those those bumper uh, guards like you were talking about. So it's basically like it becomes who can make the, the funnest stories, you know? that that get the interest of people. That's what right. it becomes. Right. You know, I had something too, Dave. What about this? And I could be, I mean, this is towards the end, so at least it could be an edit. What about the idea of medicine men and women? And we talk, we talked about this a little bit with the schizophrenia episode. It usually was passed down through the family line. And it was this ability to see, you know, things that other people couldn't see. So what if... This was the schizophrenia that we were talking about, the schizophrenia that was selected for. Obviously schizophrenia can be very hereditary. And maybe this the 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 leaders of the communities in tribal times and other, you know, maybe in other cultures across the world were people with schizophrenia or other yeah. mental illnesses. Maybe those were the leaders. And maybe us saying that, that that's wrong or you're you're maladaptive Maybe they're just maladaptive for the society that we live in today, which is kind of nuts. The society that we live in today, like, oh, go to here, do this. That's yeah. not being what being a human is supposed to be like. That's not what we evolved for for years and years. Um, so maybe we're wrong to say that there's something wrong with with these these diagnoses. Maybe well, the fact that somebody wrote these in a book, you know, however long ago, maybe that person's wrong and and presumptive. I
1: think I think you you kind of nailed it though. It's like it it's maladaptive to the society we live in. So for the people who have it and have to like uh, live in this society, it probably is like a torture for them um, because it causes them to be alienated, stand out. But you're right. If it was something that we were like, they, you know, these people have a special power and we all truly believed it and we treated them as if they were people who could see things that we cannot and we kind of cherish that about them, it would be interesting to see if they had a different experience with it.
0: Dave, on some level, who's to say they don't have special powers? Exactly. And they are I know for us to say. <laughs> I don't. have. It's not for us to say. That's for damn sure. We can't even get the shows right. But I mean, who knows? I, I you know, it's it's something to think about. Like it, it's it's a lot. It makes more sense to to just admit that we don't know everything. You know. Yeah. Who knows? We just don't right.
1: Know. And one more no, thing I want no. to add though
0: is like, there is this sudden like
1: people are talking about it there's this idea that this is probably drawing a lot of attention to something that a, a whole community of people don't really like to draw a lot of attention to is that bad for them is that is that good for us to have a more of an understanding what do you think about that? Is it exploited, uh, exploitative for us to be like making Skinwalker Ranch and people are pretending now suddenly they're like chasing Skinwalkers instead of chasing Bigfoot? Uh, there's all these spin-off shows that could be coming down the pipeline. Like, yeah. will, what will that do to that community of people who still believe in that?
0: Well, maybe maybe it does the opposite. Maybe it adds um, validation to something that they've, they've sure. believed all this time. And they say now, you know, now the world's seeing it like we see it. Hopefully that's the way they feel about it. Otherwise, could it be exploitative? I, I I'm not even going to try to say that word again. Exploitative. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know done the first time. That's a doozy. That's a doozy.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I, mean I, I, guess, course, I guess no more than their whole culture has been kind of exploited over the years in pop culture. I mean, all of the references we have to Native Americans and like kind of disparaging ways or kind of like um, unsophisticated ways. Like, you know, I guess all of that has been exploitative
0: over the years as well. So, I mean, this wouldn't be a stretch from that. But at least that we can say on our end that we're just curious and we want to know more about it, you know, and and maybe, maybe it comes from a place of intention where I'll tell you what, we're not making any money off it. So I don't know if it can be exploitative. (laughs) Oh, damn that word. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah. and, And you know, you're exactly right. Because like on our end, I love learning about this stuff so that if <laughs> chance encounter at any point in time, I ever had the, the amazing opportunity to sit across someone who had ex- like, this was part of their culture. I would actually know what they were talking about. And I, yeah. and I wouldn't just be sitting there like, huh? you might sitting be like, should,
0: should we be, should we talk about this? I thought that, 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 you said it. Yeah. <laughs> you <shouldn't>
1: say that. <laughs> yeah, don't say that. <laughs> yeah. That would be an interesting session.
0: <laughs> it would. All right. Well, Well, Dave, I think we hit this one. Hey, if you're ever in, you kids out there, if you're ever in class and you see a kid just kind of staring out the window, you know, holding a a stick with a a seagull feather on it, maybe he's daydreaming about how to save your whole class from a a bear attack. So why don't you give the guy a break? Or maybe he's Greg, and he's just asking (laughs) you guys to stop picking on him.
1: And he's he's Uh, also your professor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, Dave. This year we're gonna have to run it back with some with some of these topics. Yeah, I think in the classroom that'll For be sure.
1: So um, Greg has uh, had the amazing opportunity to be running a, a psych uh, 100 class at Providence College, and that has been. I from the sounds of it, Greg, I, it sounds like you've been eating that up. You've been able I'm to kind of yeah, you've been able to dig into topics that you love and try to get those guys excited about it. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's allowed me to step into his class and do a little co-teaching here and there, which has been a blast. I've been able to do my my horror spiels in there and stuff like yeah. that. So And they're like, what is happening?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these poor students have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I asked them, they, I said, I can teach whatever they want. And they're like, yeah, you can teach whatever you want. Okay,
1: do it. Skinwalkers, here we come.
0: That's right.
1: Here we go. You're ready, fall. All right, everybody, as always, we appreciate so much all the feedback you guys give the ratings and reviews this past couple of weeks have been awesome. You know, I love people. Some people let us know that they, you know, they put them down so we can make sure that they, they end up there. And just to give us a heads up to read it. Some people do it anonymous, anonymously, another hard word. Um, yeah. and you know, either way is fine. We just super appreciate it. Every rating, every review really helps get modern therapist guide to nothing more accessible to the masses. And that's just our goal is just to kind of bring these conversations to people so they can continue them on their own. So we really appreciate everybody listening, leaving ratings and reviews. And um, we will be back next week with another wonderful topic to uh, delve into. It is a wonderful one too. I mean, my favorite, I think. Awesome. (laughs) All (laughs) All right, everybody have a great night and we will see you next week.
0: Yeah, I'm, it says REC. I'm assuming that means record.
1: It is. I'm no yeah. professional,
0: but.